So, we've now learned two methods for dealing with quieting the mind. First was letting go, the second was uh, riding on water. The third method is one which is suggested by or coming from the Karmakagyu Mahamudra tradition. And in this tradition, the mind is seen with the uh, analogy of an ocean. And and this uh, particular method is particularly applicable to uh, dealing with extraneous or irrelevant emotions or disturbing. And uh, here the emotions are seen like uh, swells on the ocean. This is not using the word which is a wave that breaks on the shore. We're not talking about that type of wave. We're talking about in the middle of the ocean, you know, how it goes up and down. It's a swell on the ocean. With a uh, swell on the ocean, it just sort of passes through. It doesn't disturb the uh, ocean itself. And so with this method, if often... Well, as I said, this method can be applied to uh, various extraneous emotions. So uh, when we look at a person or look at ourselves, as many people were describing, all sorts of feelings and emotions may come up which are projected from other relationships and uh, so on. So uh, we need to just let this pass through us like a swell on the ocean. It doesn't disturb us from the depth. Also, what happens to many people when we start to quiet down the mind is that we start to feel some very uh, submerged type of emotions. So uh, often, uh, pe- you know, not often, but sometimes people will, uh, as they quiet down, start to feel a very deep sadness, a certain type of uh, anxiety, existentialist angst, you know, this sort of anxiety of just an uneasiness, this type of thing. We may find this the case if uh, we are a, uh, how to describe this, a type of person whose emotions are all over the place, but very on the sur- very much on the surface. So, ah, oh, you know, how wonderful, and, you know, this type of person and embracing everybody and so on, which is all a surface thing. It has nothing to do with really what's inside. In many ways, it's a defense against going deeper. And when they quiet down, they come in contact with what is a much deeper feeling, which is one of insecurity, sadness, anxiety, and so on. And so uh, this method of the swell on the ocean is very effective for dealing with that. That we don't identify with it. We don't... uh, It's not that we're a boat on the surface that gets, you know, rocked by uh, this. And it's not that we're the submarine that has to go, you know, underneath the surface and uh, avoid this. The feeling just passes through like the swell on the ocean, or the whole ocean. Not being the submarine that you have to go underneath and escape. So uh, this method is also helpful for uh, sometimes when uh, women are going through menopause, that uh, various uh, emotions come up that are not related at all to what's uh, going on. Sort of a flash of some type of emotion to likewise just uh, let that pass through like the swell on the ocean. 
And remember, when uh, we work with these type of methods, it's not a visualization technique. It's more sort of uh, a type of feeling, the way that you uh, uh, relate to the experience. But as I say, we have to not take it too terribly, literally, because otherwise uh, we can get seasick. Pero bueno, también. Okay. Now, uh, for uh, practicing this method, there's uh, no separate exercise that we do because uh, many people don't have a surge of, you know, unrelated emotion that comes up. So there's no need to artificially generate it in order to practice using this method. So what uh, we do is we just uh, add it to our repertoire of methods so that when we use the gentle method of letting go and the more forceful method of uh, riding on water when necessary, that uh, in this situation, if there's a surge of emotion that comes up that is inappropriate uh, or too strong or whatever or irrelevant to the situation, then we apply this third method of the swell on the ocean or too overwhelming an emotion that would also be inappropriate. Okay? So, let us uh, also uh, go on with the object that we are uh, practicing with. Um, we've practiced with a total stranger. And uh, so uh, now, let's, uh, if you've brought your pictures, then uh, let's turn to the picture of an acquaintance, somebody that we know but we don't have particularly strong emotional relationship with, as I had suggested, somebody that we merely would uh, for example, exchange Christmas cards with. If you don't have a picture of somebody like that, then you can continue. You may continue to use the picture of the from the magazines. Okay. What we will be progressing in our uh, the sequence that we'll be progressing through in our uh, training is people that elicit a stronger and stronger, what should we say, association when we think of them or when we look at them because that's, that's stronger and stronger. So we start with something easy like a stranger and then work our way through those that we have more association with. I notice that some people have uh, pictures of a whole group of people this is not so... If you have such a photo, please just focus on one person. If you have uh, just a group of people, then, uh, again, you're not really, we're not really relating to somebody individually. There's more of a distance because it's spread out. In so the focus just on one. Okay? And we will uh, do this exercise in two steps. The first step is looking at the photo of the person. And then uh, the second step would be uh, putting down the photo and just thinking of the person. Because although we have interactions with people in person, in which we need to be uh, have a quiet mind, but also uh, often when we're by ourselves, we think of somebody. And uh, in that situation as, uh, as well, we need to be able to think about somebody with a, a clear and quiet mind, not just thought of somebody comes up and then, you know, it really 
disturbs us and we go on a whole mental or emotional trip. So when we think of somebody, how do you think about somebody? We're not talking about uh, going on a, a whole sequence of thoughts about somebody. We're just uh, talking about focusing on somebody uh, in our minds. And so uh, we do that by representing the person with something. So we can represent the person with a uh, mental image if uh, we're able to conjure one up, you know, mental picture. Or often we can't do that. And uh, so we could also represent the person just by their name or by the sound of their voice or in our heads or by some sort of feeling that we have about the person or some sort of combination of these things. Uh, because this is not an exercise in visualization. When we think about somebody, various things come to mind, don't they, to represent the person. And all we're trying to do is to practice being able to think about somebody with a quiet mind, in if you follow what I mean. In I mean if you take that literally, then you're not thinking of the person at all. The mind is completely quiet, so we don't mean that. But uh, what we mean is to be able to bring the person to mind and then um, if we need to think about the person in some sort of constructive type of way, when should I meet the person, blah, blah, blah. I mean, these sort of things, we can do that directly without having all sorts of extraneous junk, mental junk, come in the way. Or if we've been having some emotional problem with the person and, you know, they automatically keep on coming to our minds, how do we quiet down so that then we can use some of the later methods that we, that we learned in the training to overcome, let's say, being overreacting to the person, uh, to what happened in the past? You know, situations where, you know, we were very upset about something that somebody said or did in the past, and we keep on thinking about it over and over again. We can't get it out of our heads. So the first thing is, you know, when that person comes to the mind, to be able to quiet down. So uh, we use the, uh, any of these three methods that we've learned to quiet the mind in that uh, situation when we think of the person. Okay? And remember, this is again the very beginning, beginning method. This isn't, we're not going deeply into how to handle the situation in a balanced, sensitive way. It's just the basis for it. <laughs> the image comes up of, you know, it, this is what the, you know, when you pick up somebody in an ambulance from an accident, you know, the very first thing that you sort of do until you get the, the patient to the hospital and you, you know, use more uh, sophisticated uh, treatment. Right? So that's what we're learning, this paramedic level of sensitivity uh, training. Okay, so let's uh, first quiet down by focusing on the breath. By the way, when uh, at the end of the exercises, uh, of each exercise, when we focus on the breath again, this also has a, a further, a deeper significance than we've explained so far. Many of these exercises are going to, as I um, mentioned before, bring up a lot of emotion 
and we're dealing with a lot of emotion and feelings in them. And in order to quiet down after that, what is the most helpful is to ground ourselves in the body, not to be, you know, off in the sky with feelings and emotions. And one of the best ways of doing that is focusing on the breath. This is a very physical thing that brings us back down to earth. Right, and many forms of treatment, uh, non-Buddhist as well, suggest that when they're very emotionally upset or having a panic attack or something like that, you focus on the breathing to ground you back to the body. Okay, so let's quiet down. And then we look at the uh, photo, and again, it's better to hold it a little bit at, at eye level if you hold it all the way down in your lap and have to look down with your head bent all the way down. That makes the mind very dull and dizzy. And try to look at the person with a quiet mind. And without remembering last time that we saw them and, you know, going through a whole story or mental movie. 
Right, as I said, if you don't have a photo, please use the picture from the magazine. And uh, we use whichever of the writing on water or the swell on the ocean.
and we put aside the photo and try to just think of the person with a quiet mind. Either just looking at the floor or having your eyes closed. Thinking of them with a mental picture, feeling, name, or whatever. Then we let the experience settle, stop thinking about the person. And focus on the breath. So any questions or comments? This is starting to get a little bit easier to have a quiet mind. Yeah, as with any exercise, it just requires familiarity, practice. Questions, comments? She says that what I was while while she was looking at the picture of that uh, person, then the name of the person 
came once and again and again and she couldn't get rid of the name of the person uh, wanting just to look at the person so what can uh, uh, she feels that's a distraction and what can she do about it did you try the method of writing on water started recording side three <laughs> did you uh, try the method of writing on water no what I did is the one with the swells right well the strongest method is the one of writing on water you know when we have a, a variety of methods to choose from if one doesn't work then we don't just say oh you know it doesn't work we go to another method now, there are some situations in which uh, uh, none of these three methods are, uh, uh, seem to work, and there are other methods that we can use. The one that uh, is very useful is in the situation in which uh, we have some music, some song going through our head that's very, very difficult to get out of your head by using, you know, just let go, or riding on water, or the swell on the ocean. And, uh, you know, how do we deal with that? Because, uh, really, as I know with myself, this happens when I, if I listen to music, it's very difficult to get it out of my head for many, many days. And uh, it's really stupid. I feel like uh, some sort of insect, that, a cricket, that, you know, when the sun gets to a certain level, then automatically you make this noise, and you can't stop making this noise. That's important, by the way, to see it as incredibly stupid. You don't just, you know, do it. <laughs> what the cricket does? What the cricket does, yes. So, using these type of images actually is very helpful. That's not the, you know, the method that I'm uh, uh, leaning to here, but it's helpful in the sense that if we could see how we are acting, you know, in a very stupid primal animal type of way, then we get disgusted with it, and uh, it uh, moves us to actually apply some method to overcome it. So the method that uh, is helpful here is uh, using a mantra. In other words, if the mental, ver uh, the mental verbal energy is so strong, then we do a type of mental judo, and instead of trying to just block it, you flip it and use that uh, energy to recite a mantra instead. So uh, usually the mantra that's recommended is Omani Peme Hum, since uh, this is associated with uh, compassion and love. And so uh, if uh, we use that uh, energy to recite the mantra, we find that uh, instead of distracting us from uh, the person or the situation, it helps to connect us in a much more positive way. But we have to be a little bit delicate here, uh, not to over-apply the method. These type of dharma freaks, if we can use that expression, who, you know, whenever they're in any situation with anybody, you know, out comes the rosary beads, and they're, you know, mumbling a mantra while, uh, you know, they're with you. This is very annoying. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a difficult situation, but they're always there with their, with their mantra and so on, and, and the beads. And uh, this makes other people very uncomfortable, mm, because actually it's a, it uh, gives the impression of uh, a defense. You know, okay, you have this as the the uh, 
the defense against the cross, you know, to keep away the vampires or whatever. And so uh, you have the rosary out with the uh, with the beads. You're not really directly relating. So uh, one has to, uh, what should we say, if we are using a, uh, a mantra, know when to apply it, when not to apply it, when to use it discreetly. I mean, don't get carried away. This is uh, this comes directly out of the instructions from Maitreyan, how to uh, achieve concentration. One has to know when you have opponent forces, when to apply them and when to stop applying them. If you don't know that, what do you do with these forces? You, you don't, you know, these opponents, you don't use them properly. Yes? So she has two questions. Uh, the first question is, how can I know if something that is happening to me is or is not a distraction. For example, when we, uh, the first exercise we did uh, with, the, uh, with the photograph, at some point when I felt my mind was uh, relatively calm, I also have the surge of feelings, of uh, empathic feelings or tender feelings towards the person. Even it came to the point that uh, at some point I felt like uh, hugging the other person. Mm -hmm. So how can I discriminate if this is what comes out of a calm mind or if it's just a distraction? So mm -hmm. that's question number one. And question number two is um, in this last exercise, while uh, uh, just thinking of the person without the photograph, she find it very difficult to really uh, connect and stay there. For example, she used as a method to, uh, for not losing it the voice or the sound of the voice of the person. But uh, she found it difficult because she kept on losing and losing and losing touch with the uh, idea or the image of the of the person. Mm -hmm. and, well, well, actually, the question is: Can I use, the, for example, the sound of his voice or her voice as a way to anchor me to the? Uh, to not to losing the person? Uh, yes, let's answer the second question. As I said, we can use anything to represent the person. So either a mental image of what they look like, a mental image of the sound of their voice, of their smell, of the name or feeling. doesn't matter. I mean, this isn't uh, an exercise. As I said, it's not an exercise in visualization, nor is it an exercise in concentration either. Actually, I mean, in terms of, you know, you want to be able to to focus on the person for five minutes without uh, losing it. That's not the point either. It's just that when we think of the person, to be able to think of them with a calm mind. But as you see from your experience, it's much easier to uh, work on looking at the person in a, in, a, in a picture because it's easier to focus. However, often we think about people and get very upset. Cinema. So we need to be able to apply it to when we think about people. Now, go back to your first question about the, uh, what should you say, when we quiet down, then you're asking about certain feelings that come up. Now, again, I need to repeat that we're just learning the very, very basic first step here. So, fundamentals, it's part one. So the fundamental is quiet mind. Well, part two... And, uh, getting in contact once we quiet down with the natural talents of the mind and heart. 
It's not just simply, you know, oh, wonderful, I want to embrace you. There are other talents there as well. Understanding, self-control. There are many, many things that are there. Also, I mean, in the fundamentals, we have to learn what are all the factors of balanced sensitivity. It's not just, you know, wanting to embrace others. So then we have to go to part three, which is, I mean, you have to pay attention to the appearance of the person, what's going on, so that we can evaluate whether or not it is appropriate to actually hug the person at this time or not. They're in the middle of a business meeting. You don't just go over and embrace them in the middle of a business meeting. Or maybe, you know, the person doesn't like to be embraced. It makes them feel uncomfortable. They're from a different culture or a different personal background. So in that moment, we need to apply the, you know, swell on the ocean method and let this, you know, impulse to want to embrace the person pass. I mean, that's what we're, we're practicing with now. I mean, later on, we would evaluate whether it's appropriate or not in the situation. But to embrace the person every time the impulse comes to our head to embrace them, this might be really too much. So, you know, a lot of sensitivity training involves self-control. I mean, knowing when it's not appropriate. But then again, again, one has to... I mean, I'm explaining all this to just uh, give you an impression of how... Uh, complex the the training really is because also one has to be sensitive to oneself you know and one's own needs to perhaps embrace somebody and you know how do we balance this in uh, a relationship the world is the person has a different standard of what makes them feel comfortable and what they need this is why uh, the final uh, exercise we weigh, what I feel like doing, what I want to do, what I need to do, what you need, what you might feel like, and, uh, and so on, what you want. Por eso es que en el último ejercicio and, vamos you know, just this simple type of uh, situation of uh, how much do you embrace the other person in a, in a uh, relationship or in an encounter. This could be a real issue. No joke. Especially if the people come from two different cultures. Okay, one last question, then we'll have our coffee break. So she said that what happens to her in a in little extent in other exercises, but uh, much more so in this last time uh, we did it, is that when she could uh, more or less uh, calm or quiet her mind and uh, put her attention, her concentration on the person without all, all uh, a lot of projections, when she quieted down all of the projections, she discovered, and that, that, is, that, that was new uh, to her and very, very strong, that as, as she loses, loosens up the projections, she can realize that this person is much more than she ever thought. Mm. And there is much more to this person than she ever thought before. That was a surprise. It was kind of shocking. And, well, then, of course, at that moment, this uh, started to be the biggest distraction because she started to think of all the things that this person is that she hasn't realized beforehand. Right. Well, I mean, what seems to be happening here in uh, what people are reporting is that as we quiet down the mind, um, we're starting to already discover some of the basic qualities or talents of a more calm state. 
And it's not just a warm feeling and so on, but it's also a uh, more attentive and understanding state of mind. Okay, so let's take our break, and then we'll continue.